You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about differences and similarities in communication styles. This week, we read Unveiling Cross-Cultural Communication Styles, a little bit of a tongue twister, published in Psychology Today 2023. Um, Heather, the first point that they made feels obvious, but very important. Nonverbal communication varies between cultures. Right. I think it's kind of right in your face. I mean, most Mm -hmm. of us can think of things very quickly um something that first came to my mind is if in um, the united states we tend to leave space around people like in mm-hmm. line somewhere just in you know that is not the same in the rest of the world yeah what i feel like i do this i don't know that i i think in certain situations i need a lot of personal space but in work situations i have found uh, myself moving back right that someone else who's more comfortable with less physical space mm-hmm. gets close to me mm-hmm. and I inch back right. and they get closer and, and, like, inch back. and they go back. Yeah. And then it's like, we're kind of like we're two stepping around mm-hmm. the room. Cause I'm going back and they're going forward. I'm right. going back. And, and um, it, I become aware of it that mm-hmm. I keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, because I guess, because I'm trying to be culturally sensitive or more or not just even culturally sensitive, but more sensitive to their communication. I eventually quit doing it mm-hmm. if i realize they're doing it without noticing like it's not right, right. they're not doing it uh, to negatively affect me it feels comfortable to them mm-hmm. and so i maybe give a little bit i'm not gonna move right i'm gonna try really hard not to move back or you know okay um but can you think of any times where you realized you were reacting to nonverbal communication Oh, I think that I've seen it in the therapy room. Mm-hmm. Like I have some clients that will come in and this is a certain population of clients that is 20 years younger than me and, you know, here to talk about completely different issues, but they'll come in, kick off their shoes immediately. Like even in the how first funny. session yeah, and like tuck their legs up on my couch, like underneath them. Oh, like it is a bit, I mean, to me, I'm reading, okay, you're comfortable, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I also think they are more comfortable any like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's they're they're going to do that probably anywhere they go not necessarily a therapy office yeah. just one more place they're on a sitting on a that couch. is different i can't imagine myself doing that almost anywhere right <laughs> but i can't imagine a client doing that and just kind of and trying to roll with it right and just like, oh, okay. <laughs> um what about trying to think not um maybe between a male client Mm. And you, yeah, um, like who stands up, who mm-hmm. opens the door, right? Things like that that are I, are certainly cultural, and I think in most cases not meant to be offensive or hurtful, right? I actually had an experience a couple of years back with a client, and um, he was, I don't know, older than me, maybe by ten years, mm-hmm. but like very, very like gonna grab the door, like walking out, gonna, like that's just his demeanor and mm-hmm. his stance. And it was like, it took me a few times to remember, mm-hmm. like, it's actually important to him. 
Like, it's not about me. I don't need to assert something or change anything. Like, it's important to him. See how it can be so complicated and nuanced because I can see that happening with a different person with different intent, and it could maybe be a power play. Right. Exactly. And I think it can be read as a power play. Yes. Like, easily. Right. So, uh, you standing up to end a session and you move towards the door and your client moves towards the door and you can tell they're trying to get there before right. you. That can go two ways, right? right? That feels <laughs> like I'm offering to open the door for you because I feel like that's the gentlemanly thing to do. Right. Or I'm being aggressive. Right. I'm being assertive in the room and I'm going to And maybe right. even, it cro- I mean, the way that it could feel could communicate, I'm not letting you out. I could, right? I could turn. Mm-hmm. I mean, see how I, I'm yep. just noticing that that it can be so nuanced and that it can be read many different ways and can, could cause problems. You're going to laugh about this. It's actually one of the reasons, I mean, COVID also, but it's one of the reasons I changed my office around. Oh. My office is a rectangle. And so before both myself and the client were the same distance to mm-hmm, the door. Mm-hmm. But now that it's flipped the other way, I'm closer to the door. Yeah. And I just wow. felt like then it's not an awkward thing because then I am going to get the door first. Right. And then I have to worry about, you know. Yeah. The, that, that weird that awkward moment. dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but think, I mean, for many different reasons, someone might interpret that right differently. Like if you're the counselor and mm-hmm. the per- and your client moves towards the door quickly and right. gets there before you, and your first reaction is you're being aggressive and trying to stop me from yeah. leaving, your reaction is going to be very different than oh, my client got to the door before me and mm-hmm. wants to be a gentleman and open right. the door. Feels like oh, well, I can right. let you open the door. Right. I can allow you know mm-hmm. that that's okay. Um, so, very different directions. Big differences. Um, what about you and I both see kids? Um, a, a kid client that wants to hug, oh, or, yeah. or or even just touch. Yeah. And when I even when I say that, I actually remember um, attending a training on play therapy and touch. And this was a long time ago, so the attitude has changed a little bit. It was even just having that title was very controversial. Oh yeah. Because I think I think people. <laughs> And they, what they thought it was about was touching, right? Like, like touching with. I don't. I mean, just <laughs> like ba- that's a that is a bad word. Right. Do not use that word. Something um, else. But what the examples they gave, I really, I think, you know, in in school and in training, I would have been very turned off by that and said, nope, right, no, 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 don't touch, right. But the examples that this person gave were so natural mm-hmm. that it really changed my opinion, right. Um, her examples were, and she gave, showed videos, which were ne- absolutely needed in right. this example. Um, her videos showed she was sitting on the floor playing blocks and cars, right. you know, building right. things. And that her little client stood up and kind of used her for just a second like, to lean on to stand up. up. Yeah. Right. And so this kid just um, first put his hand kind of close to her knee. Mm-hmm. And then as he stood up a little bit more, then he put his hand on her shoulder. Right. And just... That just helped him stand yeah. up. But she also said it was safety mm-hmm. and affection. Mm-hmm. That And so those things were positive parts of her play therapy. And had she said, no, you can't touch me. No touching. Right. Um, it would have taken away right. from that moment. And I went, well, of course. Right. Right. That There's so many times that I think there's always a course of line that mm-hmm, is appropriate, sure. not appropriate. But in a case like that, especially if you're teaching brand new, like play mm-hmm. therapists or brand new mm-hmm. supervisees that like, 
don't let a child touch you. Well, that can make rigidity in the room. That can make weird boundaries with a client. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think I usually tend to be like, well, if you have to correct it, that's when you address it. We don't set Mm -hmm. up these like parameters ahead of time because it is hard for therapists, but it's also hard for your client. Right. Especially kid clients. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That makes me think I had a supervisee, a male supervisee that was Mm-hmm. training and play therapy and the what he was told in school was no just like, like you're describing period, right. no nope. and even a bigger no because you are you're a guy a guy yep and um man he stuck to it and i really it really took some effort to mm-hmm. help him to see that there could be occasions where it, it might just be right. reasonable natural mm-hmm. um and therapeutic right um i think one of the examples i gave was you know um, a kid comes into a session and their shoe is kind of falling off. Right. Like either because it's a flip flop or sandal right. or something or just like mm-hmm. the shoes and maybe offering one hand. Right. So that they can hold your hand, lean on your hand a little bit while they lean down and fix their, their shoe. shoe. Right. Reasonable. Mm-hmm. Right. Not something that would really be a red flag alert to right. anybody. But if that, again, you have that rigidity about like what it is and it's been ingrained mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a while for him to believe that like it's probably hard to think outside that box of right. like what does that communicate you're communicating like you know right. safety i don't want you sure. to fall right like you know security and right. you know well and on the flip side the reason it was so important and taught the way it was a big no um was because was the concern or fear that it would be perceived right as an inappropriate touch right by um an adult man. Right. Right. That's kind okay. of tricky. Yeah. So there's a lot of nuance that goes with nonverbal communication, and it certainly varies between culture, people, situation, ages, gender. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. you Roll name it. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The next point in the article is that contact context impacts the communication. Right. And I think we kind of already started going that way a little bit, mm-hmm. like knowing where, where you are in your space and um, what the intention is behind it mm-hmm. is giving kind of some of that context to like, what does this mean? I, I in particular, have worked with um, elderly clients who are lonely and we will go to walk out the door and they will hug me almost like a child would. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like I'm very well aware it's a need of theirs. Mm-hmm. It's never a hug. It's very much a like side to side as we're walking in a door, like, thank you kind of mm-hmm. hug. Uh-huh. It's appropriate. Mm-hmm. It's not that anyone else that would have seen it would have thought any any different. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is kind of context this is a need that a client has Mm -hmm. is it my job to provide that no Mm -hmm. but is it completely naturally unfolding in the therapy room absolutely yeah i I mean i don't know why age i think is is a really great example even before you and i started recording we're actually talking about something different but we were talking about if someone put their hand on your knee the context of that is very, very important right like if, (laughs) if you're um past retirement age right client patted your knee as the you know as you were saying goodbye Mm -hmm. or do you know maybe you're sitting ish close to each other and they patted your knee very different feel right (laughs) very Um, different i remember maybe have told this story before i had a little client very young and i was young enough that he could not tie his shoelaces Uh aha and so he's sitting on a love seat next to me Mm -hmm. and i patted my own knee right like put your foot up here and he put his foot on my knee and I'm tying his shoe, so we're close enough mm-hmm. that he could. T- he right. but he patted my arm, mm-hmm. and close. And right. it was closeness, affection, mm-hmm. appropriate. 
Um, but if there were another client that did that, it weird. wouldn't, it would be right. different. Right. Right. Uh, like it, like one of your clients that comes in when takes her shoes off and right. puts her, if they if patted they, your knee, if they hugged me, I mean, truthfully, yeah. that would be even strange. Yeah. Like it would, you know, I'm like, that's not their dynamic. It's not the, you know, mm-hmm. it's not their norm. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't probably be necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Um, so content, well, that's age. Can you think of another context where the same communication just means something completely different? Um, hmm. We already talked a little bit about space, like personal space and mm-hmm. personal bubble. So, may, oh, what? Well, I mean, we're talking about clients, but in supervision, right? There, do you have any supervisors that you would touch? Nope. I mean, I, not that I. That you? It's you wouldn't. Right. It's not that I wouldn't. I just right. can't think of it. I mean, maybe if we were doing an act, like maybe if I was teaching an activity, right? Like maybe. I can see maybe, but I just don't think that there would be cause in that place yeah i think there uh, must be something that i communicate non-verbally and we're not today we're not just talking about non-verbal but right. we have been um there's it must be something that i communicate to my supervisees that I, none of them even at the end mm-hmm. a, as we are concluding right. would hug but many of them have asked if they could ah yeah okay so there's something That's that i'm different. saying right, right? Mm-hmm. i'm there my communication right. is that i am open and friendly right and maybe and it's willing acceptable. and right. maybe willing, right. but that asking is appropriate is would be inappropriate. Right. No, I think that's a very good like gear of like professionalism, right? Mm-hmm. Like other therapists in the world, we don't always hug each other, but we would hug each other. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's not mm-hmm. it's not off limits. Right. But again, it's about like time, place, uh, like what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't think of just my regular supervisory sessions, right. including you, any of that. <laughs> right, right. Can you imagine if you had supervision and at the end of every supervision session, they got up and gave you a hug? It'd be strange. It'd be so funny. <laughs> right. I think I, I might even like laugh. But, like right. if someone got up and started to do that, I'd like, go, what are you doing? <laughs> We're hugging? We're hugging. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, so not a norm for the right. for a supervision session, but could be possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about... Um, I mean, you and I as counselors are counseling and supervising, but sometimes also um, other business related mm-hmm. situations like a marketing meeting right. or something. Or something yeah. um, would you ever touch then? I don't know that I would initiate, but I think I've had other people like go to shake my hand or like maybe like half-hearted side hug, like that kind of thing. But I don't know that it's in, it's usually, this sounds so strange, but it's not usually the, from that I see it from the therapy side. Like it's from like a marketer or like, Oh, so their role is different. And so then the communication can be different. I think if anything, I always do a handshake. Yeah. Handshake's good. What about, okay. Let's let's try and push ourselves to think about something (laughs) that's verbal and not just nonverbal context impacts communication. Oh, what if, this is a good one, kids, supervisees, mm-hmm. other professionals that we right. know. What if someone said, I love you? Right. Right. Exactly. That could mean anything, right? Depending on the client. Yeah. That is so important. Yeah. In fact, I've had a kid tell me I love you before. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was, po- that I totally knew exactly what he meant. And in yeah. context, that would make perfect sense. Right. But from coming from somebody different right. that you know, in a work-related <laughs> right. situation, like, excuse like, me. I'm sorry. Okay. Did you just, I have inadvertently had a client hanging up on the phone before say like, I love you. Like, okay. I love then, you. Like, Bye. Yeah, wait, wait. Sorry. Yeah. And that's exactly how it went. But I think it's just one of those like, yeah, I'm hanging up the phone. I just always do that. What it makes me think about kids or students that accidentally call you mom. Oh, that's happened. And yeah. how embarrassed they are. They are but so embarrassed. I mean, right. Right. It's the context. So if an adult, an adult client right. or some other, what well, like, um, and it, I don't know, just a, professional that you talk mm-hmm. to sometimes if they're like okay mom wait hey, let's stop <laughs> sorry hey, i don't yeah. know where that came from right 
Um, that could be unusual. But any other context situations that, uh, with verbal communication that could be confusing? Uh, for supervisees, I always ask for clarification when they're telling me, when they're relaying the message, whether it's from a work colleague or from their own sessions that they've had with clients. I'm always like, okay, wait, stop. What else yeah. was happening when the client talked about that? Yeah. Because I think if we're not in the room, we really don't know. We need yeah. all the details. Yes, yes. That's a good example. Um towards the end of my day yesterday i had a session with a teenager and i already know this about myself and feel old i do i am not up on slang oh you need to get caught up there's there, a class for that maybe there should be <laughs> let's create that would one. be fun <laughs> um he this kid said so many i mean he was kind of excited right he said so many different things like just in 30 seconds that i thought I, based on context clues, mm -hmm. I think I know what you're talking about, but wow. Yeah. Uh, define. I mean, that, <laughs> yes, there's so, so I think that, that happens yeah. a lot and could, and then we could be talking about age, gender, culture, right. All and like, things. what does that mean? What is the thing that you just said? Mm -hmm. I don't really know what that means. And I could really be taken the wrong way. Mm -hmm. I think he said, and again, based on context, I know that I'm not worried, but he said like, I'm so dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I, and, that. Right. And I knew, based on what he was saying, I knew what he meant. But if you didn't, what if you really... I Only mean, just... Right. And you thought, do I need to make a CPS call? Right. Maybe this kid right. is telling me he's in danger. Right. What does this mean? Yeah. Right. Um, so that can That's be really one, easily confused. Right. That's a really good one to use. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just to check myself, what does that mean? What can mean two things? One. First, I'm so dead can be like, I'm dead tired. Like I'm so exhausted. Okay. I've had like That's such an event. Right. But I'm so dead means like, oh, like I know I was like, I think he meant I'm so over it. Yeah. Like I'm so past it. Like this. Yeah. Is, yeah. But he's like, oh, I'm so dead. And I was like, don't say that. <laughs> I mean, he, but My again, therapy. he was, he was excited. So he was talking quickly. Right. And he said like probably five things in a row. And I was like, I don't, I kind of think I know what I mean. That means mm -hmm. when you say that, but yeah. wow, that would be a fun training to go to. That would be fun. Or uh, we can create it. Yeah. I have middle schoolers. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> that that would be the research. Because I would have to do research to find right. out what, because, right, middle schoolers would have some of that. But, then but they wouldn't some, have some of the other things. That right. Some of the really X-rated, raunchy things <laughs> right. that kids might say. I'm like, right. oh, my gosh, what does that mean? Right. Don't, uh. um, okay. Last point in our article this week. Awareness is cr increasing your own sensitivity. We talked a lot about right. the meaning of this, what right. we thought it meant. What do you think it means? So once you have that kind of aha moment, like, oh, I said that out loud and you know that you did it, right? This is kind of on the on the communicator side, not the listener side. But once you know, like, oh, I just said that out loud. Like, oh, I communicated that. That then creates this sensitivity that is like, what do you do next? Like how, how de in depth do you go with it? It's like when we talk about the kid that says, I love you, like having an awareness to that oh, is yeah. really important because yeah. the kid saying, I love you to you is very different than my 40 year old client saying, I love you. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's so different. Yeah. Or the one that is hanging up the phone and goes, oh, okay, I love you. Bye. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. Weird, uh, sorry. That was weird. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I totally agree. If I have like a sleepy, worn out five-year-old mm -hmm. who's, saying bye or do you know right. oh, love okay love you later. bye yeah. what right weird moment mm -hmm. but i know i got gotcha. you right i know when we talk all good not gonna embarrass mm -hmm. you gonna keep going yeah um maybe like do you think this is like my first example where 
someone is leaning in and I lean back and they <laughs> lean in and I lean and then we do it maybe two or three times and I realize we're just right. doing this back and forth. And be, uh, my sensitivity to it means that I can be aware and then make a decision about, do I keep stepping back? Because this person is really physically too close right. to me and I'm uncomfortable or they don't mean any harm and they're not aware of it. And I think I can be a little closer and right. still be comfortable. So right. I'm going to quit backing up so we don't just scoot around the room. Right. And I know our point was awareness increases your sensitivity, but I like that too. Awareness brings, and it's not sensitivity, but it's like it brings a choice. Like oh. awareness brings. See, like, I think we, well, I mean, either way, that's semantics, I think. Yes, it is. That we've, we've read <laughs> the same words, but we just uh-huh. put, we, yeah. Right. So awareness is increasing your sensitivity like you thought awareness it's like a a chain awareness means increased sensitivity i think it's like circular i think that's true yeah and if you're sensitive you have awareness to what's right yeah yeah yep okay um yeah so i think the the more aware you are the more sensitive you are i guess i was thinking the more sensitive you are then the more aware you are Mm -hmm. but i mean it's like it works yeah yeah so you can't really have one without the other yeah true (laughs) So you're so we're saying though in communication the way that you could work on this improve on this uh bring more of this into your counseling or supervision is that when you notice something you can then more thoughtfully make a decision or we just or, reflect just yeah. have it as a mental note mm-hmm. I had a professor in grad school tell us to watch how couples sit on the couch Mm-hmm. Do they pile the pillows between them? Do they sit next to each other? Do they hold hands? You know, what do they do that very first like mm-hmm. training? Mm-hmm. And I've still to this day will find it interesting. Sometimes even my clients will joke about it and they'll say, I know you're assessing how we sit. Like, you know, mm-hmm. no, just grab your, you know. Yeah, just sit. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So then I, I think I'm imagining in supervision, like you are noticing what's happening with your supervisee. Oh, like maybe you give feedback and. Um, they just disagree. Right. Or maybe you give feedback and they have a negative reaction to your feedback. Mm-hmm. Like maybe their feelings are kind of right. hurt. That noticing that. And in, and sometimes in the case where our communication styles are different or similar, we might also then have to interpret. Yes. Yes. But doing being aware of all of those things happening then helps you to know. Okay, so how do I respond to that? Correct. So maybe you've said um, you need to make an abuse report about that. And in their head, they're like, nope, nope, don't want to do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and they communicate that to you verbally, non-verbally. And you, then you're forming what you do next based on that. Right. Yeah. I think that's a perfect example, mm-hmm. which made our whole circle. Yeah. From context to awareness to sensitivity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. Um, so uh, we didn't get, to, I think... We didn't spend much time talking about this, but I would love to hear from our listeners about any communication snafus that they've had. Oh, that's a good one. Sounds great. Some goofs, right. some mistakes. We and, could read maybe, them on the air. Maybe how they recovered <laughs> from those goofs or mistakes um, and maybe what they learned from it, you know, because right. I think that's important. Mistakes don't just always mean something bad happened. It means you learned from it. Right. Um, so we'd love to hear about any communication snafus that you had had. And also, we'd love to hear any suggestions for future episodes. Um, thanks today for listening to Supervision with a Vision.